G'day wankers, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. How you going? Damn, we uh, we kind of took a little bit of a break. Life got a little crazy there. If, is it, if it isn't crazy enough with all the shit that's going on in the world right now, um, I feel like we're just in the twilight zone. But uh, yeah, we kind of got a, had a little break there, which was unusual for Guitar Wank. Just... Um, yeah, shit got busy and circumstances, but we're back, people. So uh, don't get your knickers in a knot, as they say. Uh, what's been going on? Well, Scott had a birthday. I had a birthday. Mine was uh, just the other day. So thank you for all the well wishes. Scott's was, I think Scott's is, his, his is the 26th of August. That's right, mine's the 28th. And then I have uh, my mate in Australia, Kippo, he's the 27th. And, um... Yeah, there's a shitload out there. And I think, uh, Rob Harris, right? You're the same day as mine. Happy birthday, mate. Uh, anyway, so we are still working away here. We're dealing with, uh, obviously, all the COVID crap around the world and everything else that's going on. Um, it is a real shit time for all. And, um... Man, my, uh, my heart goes out to everyone. Our hearts go out to everyone that's going through any of this crap that we're going through and having to deal with it firsthand. It's, it's heavy shit. So anyway, we're going to keep going. We're going to go uh, back to the Jennifer Batten episode. I thought this would be a good one to get get out of the way because uh, Jen was so great. Um, it was fun talking to Jen. <laughs> and we're going to uh, pick it up where we left off, which was an interesting spot, to say the least. But uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you all that uh, if you haven't gone to Guitar Wank website, go to the Guitar Wank website. Please subscribe. That uh, helps us a lot. And also leave us reviews. Um, that really helps us a lot too. Just even if you have to lie, just lie. It's, um, you know, you're only helping people if you uh, leave a great review. Uh, even if you do have to lie, it's just helping the environment. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, but yeah, we would appreciate that. If you have uh, any questions, theories, or anything, please email us at guitarwank at gmail.com. There we go, guitarwank at gmail.com. And uh, make sure you put something in the subject line nice and bold because we get so much spam, you would not believe the shit we get. It's unbelievable. Not enough porn, we don't get a lot of porn, which is uh, disappointing, but we do get a lot of just crap. Oh, my God. So we... You've got to make your email stand out, so make sure you do that. Guitarwank at gmail.com. Go to our website, subscribe so you don't miss out on a lesson. We've also got them up on uh, YouTube now. Um, it's all happening, ladies and gentlemen. Bruce is still doing his Grumps TV show live at 5 on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Go support Bruce doing that. What's Scott doing? I don't know what Scott's doing. He had a birthday, so he's still here. He's still with us. A great man. Uh, I believe I'm catching up with Scotty and Bruce tomorrow night, so that'll be fun. Uh, just the three of us, we're going to catch up and, and see what's going on. Bruce dodged uh, fires, of course. I'm sure we'll hear about that. So, uh, thankfully, his house is safe, but he did have to uh, evacuate. and He had to make a decision which guitar to take and which one to leave behind. So, I'm curious to see... Uh, what he tells us about all that experience, um, <laughs> like he didn't have to grab his pedal board, right? Because uh, he does not have one. 
So that was uh, saving time there. A saving grace for Bruce not to have a pedal board. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, if you want to um, s- subscribe or sign up for P- Guitar Wang Patreon, you can go to the website and click on the donate uh, symbol up in the right-hand corner, and that'll take you to the Patreon page, I believe. Or just go to Guitar Wank, no, Patreon slash Guitar Wank, and you'll find us there. But that gets you uh, these one-minute videos that Bruce is doing, and they're awesome. It's like, it's awesome. It's amazing. You get one minute of Bruce Foreman giving you important guitar information that can only come from a genius like himself. But uh, he breaks it down. One minute, you walk away with knowledge that you can take to your grave. So go check it out, Guitar Patreon. You can sign up for as little as it's like three bucks a month. Man, that's nothing. Three bucks a month, and it keeps us uh, COVID free. <laughs> that's what it does. That three dollars. Uh, what else is going on? I think that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I hope I hope you guys are all well out there. It's it's crazy times. Good time to practice. And uh, pick up the guitar and do a lot of playing. I'm doing that myself, which has been great. But um, yeah, no gigs. No gigs at the moment. Bruce had a gig. So there you go. Some of us are gigging. Uh, but other than that, we are locked down oh, to all my fellow Aussies down under. I know you guys are going through the shit. I thought you were through it. Now you're back in it. So um, no one is safe, my friends. Wear a mask. It's really simple. Wear a mask, wash your hands. And um, distance, social distancing. So uh, there you go. Uh, episode Troy, what episode is this? This is episode 221. 221 episodes. And our guest today is Jennifer Batten. Now, what happened in this episode? We were talking away to Jen, and all of a sudden we got this crazy uh, feedback from something. I still have no idea. I think it was a Zoom thing. I'm going to blame them. And it just went all crazy, and we had to cancel and restart up again. So when we did that, <laughs> Scott couldn't get back in. He couldn't get back into the uh, the hang on Zoom. So we sort of moved forward without Scott until we could bring him back in for whatever reason. But uh, I think he thought we just pissed him off and kicked him out of the chat room and he was freaking out <laughs> it was fun it was fun for me just to, to tease scott like that but uh the great man joined us again and we'll back into it and uh, jen talks about working with jeff back and all the fun stuff uh so there you go all right so uh we're gonna play a track off jen's stuff too um offer some of her rel- albums uh so you get a couple of those but uh yeah so sit back, relax, forget about your troubles for a little bit. Maybe you're about trying to sleep. <laughs> this will put anyone to sleep. Or you're working out, or you're going for a walk, walking the dogs, whatever you're doing. I hope you're safe. Stay healthy. If you're dealing with depression, man, you've got to get down and give me 10 push-ups. Just do it. That will help. It will make a huge difference. It's amazing. 10 push-ups. And if you do 10 to 20, just... Just do any thought, uh, sort of exercise. It will help you incredibly. So do it. Good for the brain. Okay. There you go, Dr. Troy. Okay, McCubbin, shut your a-hole and uh, let's get into this, will we? Shall we? Yes, we will. 221 episode. All right. We'll see you guys all uh, next week. Uh, be safe and take care. Well, howdy, folks. 
you got an exciting product or project and want to introduce it to a community of guitar wankers? A guitar, a pedal, an amp, an accessory, whatever that is, or a new recording perhaps? Well, how about putting your money where their ears are? Because we're now accepting sponsors who want to do just that. So reach out to us so we can help you reach out to them. Acquiring wankers want to know. That's a jazzy chord there, folks.
So, Jen, you've got a you've got a big background in um in jazz. Like you studied a lot of jazz. Yeah, I I wanted to be a jazz player, but um, I, I will say jazz kicked my ass. <laughs> You know what? Here's here's one of the problems. The A A B A form. Once you do A A B A, I mean you end up with three A's together and I could never fucking remember which A I was on. <laughs> oh, you got you see? I think the the, the whole idea of identifying A A B A is bullshit and's created nothing but problems for humans. Because <laughs> no no really, really and and I never have a problem with what you're talking about, and I'm old, but the reason is, is I don't think of it as AABA. Okay. But to me, the first A is different than the second A, and the last A is different than those other two A's. So when I'm playing, I never, for a second, get lost counting because there's certain elements, and I'm not just talking about the ones that are, you know, that are really different already. You know, the ones like the first A, its point is to take you back to a similar section. The second A is taking you to another section that's completely different. And the third one is finishing up the whole story. And so that, that, that dynamic of how they lay out, particularly in the turnaround measures at the end, is so different that to me it's just like, it's like missing your three kids, which was born first. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's that stark a difference to me. And, and, and I, I was not taught with AABA as an idea. Oh, these are just AABA, and you learn the first day, and you learn the bridge, and you're kind of there, you know. I, that that concept didn't was not taught to me until I was already playing for a long time. Right. Okay. So, well, so it's, I just want to well, say that to you. You know that it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never evolved to the point where. Uh, you know, it, I just reached the point where I go, you know, actually, you know what it was? I, I ended up in a funk jam one night and the energy just felt so much better to me. It, it, it's just like, wow, this is way more fun. So I, I just kind of ended up going in that mm -hmm. area. I was in a fusion band for a while. Then I did started doing cover band stuff and it just, I mean, it's good to explore, but um I, I just jazz is not for me. I'll just you did. I mean, plus you did fine. You know, you're doing fine. <laughs> I would suggest you know if if it starts to not work out for you, give me a call. I can probably give you some help. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm jazz helpline. I'm doing I'm doing Zoom uh, therapy sessions. They're they're really cheap. I have a new shingle. It's called Bruce Foreman GFA. Right. Good fucking advice. You know. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm ready to help you out. My, my, probably my advice is stay away from jazz, you know and I mean? That's what I tell everybody. And because, uh, basically, if you're one of us that's just addicted to it, you can, you can say it to them and it won't hurt them. Everybody <laughs> else who's on the fence, you're just doing them a favor to warn them off, you know? <laughs> gotcha. I just, I just sent Scott a new invite. He's you know, I, back back in the days when I wanted to be a jazzer, uh, Joe DiOrio is the one that said, he told us all, he, he said, I wish you could all spend something like 30 hours a week listening to Bird, but you got all this other shit to do, so listen as much as you can. And I, I took that to heart. I, I had an hour drive to get into GAT, 
I would listen to Bird the whole way there, the whole way back, month after month after month. And he he gave us some projects like, I, this was a, the most ridiculous thing to ask students to do. And I think I was the only one in my class that did it. He would say, okay, so, so here's, I don't know, ornithology or something. He goes, learn it in three octaves, then learn it as octaves like Wes. And those melodies, I mean, that they're brutal to try to do that. Um, learn it as a chord melody and just all this ridiculous stuff. And I did it. Like, I think I got PTSD from that. Wow! So you were you were a good student. I I was. I mean, I I did my damnedest. You know, that's all I did. I lived in a friend's garage the whole year. I went to school there, so there was there was really no social interaction. It was just me in this nasty garage that flooded at one point. <laughs> it was. Just awful. Well, well, you you were living near GIT, or you living? No, I was an hour away. I was. Uh, an oh hour wow. East. Okay. Yeah. When? What years were you in GIT? Graduated in '79. Okay. Wow. Because I, I think I did some clinics there, but I don't think it was until maybe '80 that I came. I mean, Joe was there, and Pat Martino was there, and you know, but I. I think I was there after that. Yeah. I, I was, uh, yeah, well, when I went there, it was Joe D'Oreal, Ron Eshte, Don Mock. That was it. Oh. It was only a class of 60 divided into two. It was, right. it was the third class they ever had. Very innings. Okay, because I remember, yeah, I remember Pat being there, and Joe Pass even at times was there um, when I would hang out there. Wow. I was there in 97, and none of those people were there. <laughs> it was just all stories of all the greats that used to be there. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you should have been here when Joe Pass was here. You should have been here when Robin Ford was here. And I just heard constant stories of all the amazing players that were there back then. And it's just different time. And, and Joe DiOrio, there are a lot of stories of PTSD from Joe. Uh, um I actually took over his position at USC. I've been doing that for the last thir 13, 14 years. And, um, and yeah, the stories that I heard of, <laughs> of the shit he did, you know what I mean? It was like... What, it was, like what? It was just classic, the shit he made people do or the, the things he would tell them, you know what I mean? And, and in front of the parents, okay. you know, just, just... Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, Joe shock going around when I first got there. And it was great oh, stuff. I mean, it, was, it was nothing compared to what happened to me on the bandstand, what cats would just do to me, you know what I mean? But you, when you put it in a school environment, it's like the whole idea of school is a little more nurturing and you're paying money for information. Right. So that's the gig. I mean, if you're on the bandstand with somebody and you're just not ha hanging, you know, they're, they're in, within their rights to come down on you pretty hard. You know, I mean, it's not the same as, hey, I'm giving you all this money to teach me how to do this. You know, I didn't pay for the abuse. I just paid for the, <laughs> for the education. Huh. <laughs> he must have got burned out at that point. I, I remember him saying, man, he goes, he was talking about how GIT ruined so many songs for him because he said, man, when I was down in Miami, I, I used to have all these songs in my head, just the melodies and the phrases and blah, blah, blah. And then he started working with us, and he'd go home with 
bad versions of Girl from Ipanema in his head. <laughs> <laughs> it destroyed him. Yeah, blue bossitis. Uh, right, right, yeah. Obviously, USC is a little different. You know, I mean, the repertoire there is extensive. Joe, by that time, I mean, I don't know how long Joe had been there. I know there were times he was at both schools before he uh, just went all to USC. Um, you know... And he really wasn't playing much anymore. I mean, he'd maybe do a gig or a record date every year or two. You know, he was really, uh, he was 70 when he had a stroke and I took over for him. So I'm okay. guessing he was in his 60s for most of the time he was at USC. And, and he really wasn't, even before that, working a lot. He was not really, you know what I mean? As great as he was, his gigging, I remember seeing him and he would say, hey, this is my first gig in eight months, you know. Oh, God. I th I think honestly I got the best of him because uh, he was playing a lot. He would do uh, duo gigs, well, um, trio or quartet, but with Ron Este a lot, at least a couple times a month. And I would go to every single show. I he even got me into this private uppity ass show where people were wearing tuxes and I'm the hippie in the corner watching. You know, <laughs> I, I was so into his stuff. I, I memorized his Intervallic Designs book. Right. And then he wrote one called Fusion, where he took standards and did a, um, a, a bebop written out solo and then an intervallic on this, the same changes. And I, I just ate that stuff up. Kind of like tapping, you know, it's such a fresh sound. I want that. I must have that. Right. I got to see him uh, a couple of years ago. I, I, took, I bought a motorhome to do this solo show that I do where I play in sync with films. And I ended up in Connecticut and spent uh, not enough time with him, man. It was so inspiring. He, he'd had his stroke, and, but he paints. He paints and draws a lot. And he, he was talking about watercolors and getting so into it. And you never know what the water's going to do. And it was just, <laughs> I, I, I could have soaked that up for days. Yeah, you know, just, I, I wish I could go visit him, man. Every time I'm back east, I just never have time to go up there and see him. He's got a lot of people that worship him and will will go for lessons, even though he can't play really. He's, yeah. you know, it's all up here and it's it's all good information. In fact, I think the the last time I was in the area, he didn't have time because he had loads of people coming over. Wow. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. You know, I still call him from time to time, you know. And good. Um, we're going to have to um, reboot because Scott can't get back in or it won't let him get back in. So I'm going to, if, if you don't mind, Jen. Yeah, no problem. We haven't pissed you off enough yet, so let's oh, just try it one more time. Nice most we're everybody, Jen. You, you know, you'll, you'll get over that after you're in the show business for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so, send me another link. All right, I'm going to send another link. Okay.
Yes, I can hear you. Okay. All right. What, what causes this to happen, Troy? This happened last time, too. Well, it shouldn't have because I don't know what happened then. That was weird as fuck. Because um, we just signed up for um, the full thing so it wouldn't stop. So it would be full, uh, you know, we're not tied down to minutes. But that right. I don't know where that noise was. I don't know if that was like an internet looping noise or Zoom just crashed. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't hear on the first on the first one you did right. The first one we had to stop. You heard that like machine gun sound, right, Scott? No, I didn't hear any noise at all. I just it just it just the audio just cut out. I didn't hear any noises or anything. Oh, oh wow, we got we're getting some machine gun, machine gun. <laughs> drum loop. Yeah, bullshit. I had to actually stop my interface because my interface freaked out. Ah, and I had to stop it. Maybe that's what caused it. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't usually do that, but uh, Zoom. Who knows about Zoom, man? Right? Yeah, technology. Territory, man. They were trying to sell you. They were trying to steal your sounds, man. <laughs> they can have them. <laughs> <laughs> They're welcome to them. Well, well, Jen. Yeah. Jen said to say goodbye, and she'll catch up with you. I'm fucking oh, really? with you. Oh, <laughs> really? She, she had to bail? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> She's coming back. Did you back. send her another email? Yeah, yeah. She's come back. She knows. I told her what happened and we said like, we're rebooting. But we. Oh, here she comes now. Okay, good. Hey, hey. Yay. And finally, <laughs> we have Jennifer Batten on the show. This is amazing. Hey, awesome, man. <laughs> hey, Jennifer, did I not tell you that we were trying to make things unprofessional as possible? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did mention that. I, did. I mentioned you know what? that. <laughs> this, that really freaks me out, though, because um, in, a, in a couple of weeks, I'm doing an online guitar symposium with Zoom, and I, I'm just kind of crapping myself. I, I, I took a, a webinar like a month ago, a webinar on how to do webinars and all that. And they, it was a ridiculous number of hours over three or four days. Wow. And and there were two times when the server went down and they had 1,500 people logged in. Oh, man. <laughs> the server was down for two and a half hours. <laughs> You know, uh, I can't tell you how much better that makes me feel, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I'm trying to do a little live TV show in my house, and it's like, I mean, it's just like nothing. Facebook Live, I'm sitting in front of my, you know, I'm just doing nothing, playing the guitar. And it's like, drops out, comes in, drops out, having to reboot, blah, 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 blah. That's why I finally just gave up and started filming it, too. Yeah. So at least I had one continuous show that I could put on YouTube every time. I mean, you know, it, Jennifer, it makes you feel any better. I've got like about 30 Zoom students and I have not had a problem yet. <laughs> and I don't but, but see that the difference is is that is that it's just one it's two people. It's me and one other person. It's not multiple people. So, I mean, I've got students all over the world in Asia, in Europe, South America, and I've never once had a problem. And but I think when you start getting more people involved, of course, it gets more trickier. bandwidth. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about my guitarcloudsymposium.com. Yes, what's it, what's this all about? <laughs> Go it's ahead. Great segue. Oh God damn! It's the fucking plug. <laughs> <laughs> 
All three. Plug for you. All th- <laughs> oh, there I have wow. one for you. <laughs> All our three Woo-hoo! listeners will love it. <laughs> August seventh through tenth. Yeah. Guitar Cloud Symposium is is going to uh, host students, and I, I've got uh, three other players: Neely Brosh, bruising monster of a player, played with Tony McAlpine, did Cirque du Soleil. Uh, Vicky Genfin is an acoustic guitar player, very creative, tapper, lots of harmonics and percussive stuff, open tunings. And uh, Gretchen Men, who played with a, a, a Zeppelin tribute band called Zepparella for many years and has some really creative solo CDs out. Um, and and I, I'm working at like TED Talks where we're doing these segments that are 20 minutes so on, on Saturday and Sunday, each of us is going to do an hour, which is three subjects of 20 minutes, then a half-hour Q&A, and um, then the next person takes over. Um, it, so we have 24 subjects in 18 hours. The wow. Friday night and the Monday night are going to be just hangs and Q&A kind of thing. And we have Mr. Scott Henderson joining us on the Monday party, the cocktail Scott, party. No, I'm going to be drunk. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the kids need to know what real life is about, Scott. Okay. <laughs> this is I'll show them my yeah, pathetic yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go, Jen? How do we get involved in this? Mm. GuitarCloudSymposium.com. You can find the schedule and tickets there. We have a video. We have a sampler of each player, and I, man, I just been busting my imaginary balls putting this together, <laughs> <laughs> learning how to put a website together. Ah, man, band Zoogle. It, it's supposed to be four bands. You know, sell your everything's just plug and play. But man, it, you know, there's so many companies these days that do not give you a PDF on here's how you do it. You just click around, and when you get pissed off enough, you get on the chat, and they send you to a video. Or Zoom, you can't talk to a human with Zoom. You get a robot. Right. It's so frustrating. But um, anyway, I'm really looking forward to it, and it's the first time I've ever tried to get sponsors. I had no idea what the response would be because, you know, everybody's business is down right now during covid Man, we got 13 sponsors on board. We got awesome. so wow. much cool stuff to give away. We got a, a blue guitar amp one, a Luna guitar to give away, 30 guitar straps from Locket. Uh, got a, a discount on the Tonewood acoustic amps. Yep. And uh, custom engraved capos. Just amazing. Everybody stepped up. And I'm like, every day I'm adding new sponsors to the graphics wow we should get I, jen for guitar pumped. wank <laughs> yeah yeah we, we should get you for guitar wank um you you work with thomas right blue i do yeah yeah we had, to, had thomas on wow a couple of years ago i think i interviewed him but right. uh, are you still using did, that? Was, did I was I part of that, or did I not meet him? No, it was just uh, me and him in a Skype chat, and we recorded it. Oh man, because he's really interesting. I, I, Jennifer, we talked about his amps one time. Remember? That's right. Yeah, Cliff was going to get you one. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and how is Cliff, by the way? Do you talk to him? I haven't talked to him for quite a while, and he was not in good shape. Yeah, I remember when uh, I I played at the at the. Um, 
what do, you, what do you call it on Sunset? House of Blues. Remember yeah. when Joe Satriani and Steve Vai, they put together this benefit for him? Yeah. And I played at that, and a lot of other guitar players played. They raised about, I don't know, I think they raised like 25 grand for him, you right. know, or, or maybe more. And, um, you know, but I haven't talked to Cliff in a long time. But um, I wanted to ask you some questions about, we'll save that for later when we get into the gear segment of our show. That goes, we have segments? goes till about three in the morning, so that's okay for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce, Bruce goes to bed. And Wait, then I think the sound is coming back. About, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bruce goes off to bed, and then me, you, and Troy talk about gear till about 3 a.m. <laughs> I really appreciate you leaving me out of this. Uh, I don't know what I would do if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, but um, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you that Gretchen Men, I met her on the phone a couple weeks ago. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. And she's a good player. And um, um, you know who introduced me? Brianna introduced me to her. Because Brianna Alexis. Okay, I know that yeah. name. I see it on I know you are friends with her. You were hanging yeah. out with her at Nam with the guitar player for Beyonce's band, and and okay. and anyway, she introduced me to Gretchen because I just got a new Facebook um, artist page, and Gretchen <laughs> is the Facebook expert. She yeah. knows everything, right? So she was so nice to me and helped me like oh, for like an hour on the phone and explaining all this. Stuff, how to do stuff that I didn't know how to do and she was so nice to me and I just really appreciate her she's I looked her up online she's a good player and and uh yeah she's got a l- l- bunch of records you know she used to be a commercial pilot what really wow yeah wow <clears throat> no fact, way one of the segments that she's gonna do on on the symposium is because I, I put t- together a promo film and, and was listing, you know, here's our bios and here's what we're going to teach. And I I just kind of did a draft and I put commercial pilot as one thing. And her, at first she goes, well, that doesn't really have anything to do with music. I thought it was just so fucking cool. Yeah. That yeah. You're doing this now, but to pay for your music habit, you were flying planes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Amazing. Well, most people right? work at Denny's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember one time being on a flight uh, in Europe, and the two pilots walked in, and they were two young black women, the 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 pilot uh, and the co pilot, and right. we were like, "Yeah, you yeah, yeah. girl, you know, yeah. I mean, you don't see that very often." And, so one, and one of the modules she's going to do is how. Something like how you can transfer what you learn as being a pilot to the world of guitar. Wow. Interesting. You know, a very creative take on that. I'm well, really curious to... I'm a pilot myself, but I only soloed. <laughs> I never got my pilot's license. But really? I, I soloed like three times. Oh, but wow. I, I never got my pilot's license because I just didn't... It actually hurt my ears. I had ear problems. Oh, wow. And I was going up in those little Cessnas, you know, without much air pressure control and my i'd come back with the ear aches and oh. so it just wasn't for me so yeah you know. but my jeff dad was really into flying jeff beck did it too he, he took yeah. lessons 
And after his first solo pl- flight, he, he wrote me a fax. That's how long ago it was. And he, he just crapped himself, and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, Steve Morris is a pilot. Yeah, right? Steve's a pilot. And, and so is Randy Bernson. I don't know if you ran Randy Bernson. He's a great jazz guitar player from Florida. He's also a, pi- a commercial pilot. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, <laughs> yeah. But, um, wow. But, um, Jen, how... Over the years, how many how many ladies, how many women have come up to you and said, "Wow, you were such a big inspiration"? Because you were, you were the the one, and seemed like at the time one of the only women doing that kind of thing back then. I yeah. mean, you must have inspired so many people, and especially so many young girls over the years. How, how do you feel about that now? Well, in in the beginning, I mean, obviously Michael Jackson was the one that launched me to the public. And it was really before people had internet, so I didn't know what kind of reach I had. But since then, I've I've gotten tons of letters from people, and it's great. You know, why would it not be balanced? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't really make sense to me. And when I did get in with Michael, Prince had already had Wendy and Lisa, and Billy Idol had a woman playing keyboards in the videos. And I thought, okay, the revolution has begun and then 20 years went by and nothing. Yeah, yeah. But I think now, I mean, God damn, there's, there's not a week that goes by that I don't hear about some seven-year-old girl in Indonesia that yeah. can kick my ass. It's amazing. At MI, we've seen that happen over year after year at MI, more and more female guitarists. Right. And, you know, it's still going on that way. Um, it still keeps growing, you know, which yeah. is great. You know, I, I I did have one funny story that there was. I had a girl um, <laughs> who was going to be in the guitar program, and she came into my room, and she wanted me to show her how to play a C chord and a G chord, and I and I and I and she couldn't make those chords happen. And I was going, what how, what's wrong? Why can't she make these chords? And I noticed that her fingernails were way too oh. long. So the the fi- the fingers wouldn't touch the strings. And I said, I'm sorry to tell you this, dear, but you're not going to be able to make these notes sound unless you cut your nails because right. the, you, you can't get the, your fingers onto the strings. So <laughs> she dropped out of the guitar department <laughs> went into the vocal department. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and you know I, what? I, she said, no, nope, I'm not cutting my nails for this shit. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> I, I have a memory of... The only student I ever fired was a girl that wouldn't cut her nails. I, this is hopeless. What are you doing here? <laughs> now, tell me, tell me this, Jen. How much male bullshit have you had to put up with over the years? Or I kind of get the vibe that you don't put up with that shit, and it, it, you you quickly nip that in the butt. I mean, have you? I'm sure you've had to. You've experienced that, right? Yeah, I'm, you never know for real what somebody's attitude is unless they actually say it to your face. Right. So that that hasn't happened a lot. But I, I would get comments like, wow, you play just like a boy. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? But, but I understand the energy that was behind it was right. meant as a compliment. So yeah, I just, yep. yeah. Right. thank you. Well, you know. Uh, I didn't want to bring this name up, but Hillary Jones, um, 
who now we know is a racist bitch. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I mean, she wasn't like that when we worked with her. She was a bitch, though, but she, she, wasn't, she wasn't very nice. Uh, in fact, the reason we fired her is because she was really being a total bitch to the crew behind our backs. And huh. we would find out some of the stuff she said to the crew. Right. And basically our agent who, I mean, it wasn't our crew. It was our agent's crew. And our agents told us on the phone, he said, we, I'm hearing so many stories about what she's, how she's treating the crew that I love you guys, but I'm not going to book you if, you if she's still your drummer. So you got to wow. get rid of her. And so as soon as we got back to the States, we fired her immediately. Huh. But, but I just wanted to bring up her name because of this one funny story. We were in Germany and we went into a Burger King and, um, and there, there was this guy. And it was funny because it was an, an American Burger King. It was from an army base. So almost everybody working in there was an, an American in the middle of Germany. So we go in there and this one guy, he's like this doofus and and he goes like you guys are banned huh because i had these big long dreads and of course we looked like a band so we walked in and she goes he goes who's your drummer and i go well this is her right here and he just looks at her with this you know attitude like oh girl like you know mm -hmm. what that girl's your drummer and and i go yeah and he goes is she good and i go yeah she's killing he says is she better than me and I just said it. I just said, well, since she's on a European tour and you're working at Burger King, <laughs> I'd say probably, yeah. <laughs> and I know that was a prick thing to say, but I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself. I know? think he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, he had that coming. It's dangerous, yeah. it's dangerous but, you know, to say I mean, before you, you know, get I, the food. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But we spit in the food lane. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I mean, she was a good drummer. I mean, she's, she played better than any of the guys we auditioned, so we hired her. And I'm really sad to hear all that shit she said, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey, J Jen, are you, still, are you still pretty tight with Beth Marlis? Do you guys talk every once in a while, or do you, do you hear from yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I came down to MI in February just before COVID, and did a, there was a contest winner for something, and I uh -huh. took a lesson, and I did a, a clinic. So, yeah, yeah, we stay in touch. We're Facebook buddies. Yeah, because Beth is great. And, I mean, Beth is uh, – we should have her on the podcast yeah. because she's been really instrumental at MI and with, with, you know, the female guitarist thing, really trying to promote women in Good. the music business. And, you know, we all love Beth. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. got such a good attitude, too. Yeah, I, she's I amazing. I mean, you know, I've known her for so long. She's one of my oldest friends at MI. I've all known right. her for, like, 30 years. So, you know, she's and she's always been such a nice person and, you know, so effective at what she does, which is she's a marketer. Now she knows how to market. If uh, anybody knows how to market, it's Beth. She boy, knows you know, how to, you know, do all that. I should stuff. give her a call now that you say that. Cause yeah, <laughs> Beth would be a she would be an asset to anybody's project uh, you know, for sure. Noted. You know, yeah. So anyway. So are you um, still are you still playing the blue Blue, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was his first customer, and it, and it changed my life, man. Because you know, when you travel, 
you either got to say, can you have this amp for me? And you show up and the tubes aren't biased or they're, they give you something else. Well, it was the same color, so you get this amp. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, I had met him <clears throat> on trade shows. I met him in China, and he was just a super friendly guy, very easy to get along with. And I knew him as a player. Mm. I, I, I remember him demoing, and I go, man, that sounds good. I mean, just beautiful playing. And I, I had no idea that he, he was an amp designer, and he was actually demoing amps that he had a part in designing for Hughes and Kettner. Hughes and Kettner, yeah. And I ended up, um, I had a day off. Uh, I was with a buddy in the north of France, and he said, hey, Thomas lives right across the border in Germany. Let's go visit. And so we ended up hanging out all afternoon and going out to dinner. And as soon as I walked in his house, he puts his Strat in my hands and plugs me into his prototype of the Amp 1. And I just lost it because it's like every time I fly home from Europe or Japan, I think there's got to be a way I can leave five pounds at home. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like I've been taking this Digitech thing that's 13 pounds and then all the cables and an extra volume pedal and it's just ridiculous amount of weight. And especially when you're in Europe, they don't allow as much weight because fuel is so much more expensive over there. And it's just got to be something that's lighter and better. And this thing is less than three pounds, 100 watt, analog, you know, MIDI capable, four channels. And it was actually torture to wait until, I mean, this was his prototype. So it took six months to a year before I could actually get one. And... You know, now I put it in my purse and have it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what what version is he is he up to now? Do you, do you know? He's. I have the original. I have several of them. You can't get it anymore. He replaced it with one called the Mercury. That's a little more dialed in. And then he's got one that are. It's kind of for metalheads. Uh, um, Iridium. That, that's black mm -hmm. and he's working on something that's revolutionary he's like the einstein of yeah. sound yeah he's working on this whole other level of technology that unfortunately with covid i i don't know how it's going to affect him because money's tight with everybody and he's not a big mm -hmm. corporation but i really really hope he survives this because I, I think it's going to turn the industry on their ears wow so, so what when you're using the amp what what kind of what speakers do you use does he make a cabinet too or do you hear yeah. yourself through the monitors he makes two different 112 cabs one is called the nano there's 14 pounds mm -hmm. um, they essentially have his version of celestians in them the other one has a very similar speaker but it's a little more power and mm -hmm. he's that one's called the fat cab and it's a much heavier cab that's that's dialed in in a much different way it has a lot more bass and then he's got a, a 212 cab, but he's also got, actually, I have it right here. Um, he came up with a really bitchin' thing called the Blue Box. And it's it's uh, 16 different IR cabs that you can okay. choose from. And then the other knob is a virtual mic placement knob. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody's gone through the thing where you're in the amp room and it's it sounds great, man. And then you go into the control room and it's like, what the hell happened to the sound? You go back and forth and move the mic a millimeter and add another mic. And by the time you're ready to record, you're kind of over it. The inspiration's mm -hmm. gone. I've done, I've been recording with the Blue Box direct for, I don't know, the last couple of years. And mm -hmm. I dig it. I dig it. it sounds I, good. Your, the tones are really nice on your record. On 
Now, when you send me those MP3s, is that a record or are those different cuts from different albums? Different cuts from different records. Okay, yeah. but anyway, the tone is great. I really like the tone. It's just you know, but that well, a lot of it is in your fingers, you know. But I mean, it sounds really, really good. Beautiful I, tone. I'm expanding right now. It sounds <laughs> you're, you're the tone I mean, god, man. No, I, I I listen to it and I go. You know, I but I I really do believe though that you could probably play through a lot of different amps and you would immediately recognize that it's you because you have a sound and you have tone in your fingers and you got to have that. Doesn't matter what gear you use and <laughs> you know that. But of course, good gear helps and and you yeah. got beautiful sounds on on these. Oh, cuts. thank you so I much. Really, really like it. Really, it's so um, smooth and you don't hear any of the uh, the hair. Uh, you know how it is, you know, when you don't want to hear that fuzzy shit in between right. the notes and yeah, yeah. it's all, all smooth and very, very finesse. You know, it's really, really nice. It sounds great. When I hear smooth, I think smooth like a Ken doll. Yeah. But I don't mean it like that. I know. I know. Speaking of that, I, I tell you, I had. So many opportunities, which I did take up. I would always go to rehearsals early with on the Jeff Beck tour and play his guitar through his Marshall and always be confounded. You know, it's in his hands. Sure. You could have 100 people play that same gear through the, the Marshall and not ever sound like him. In fact, I had somebody from Fender call me up when I was with Jeff, and he goes, okay, I got the specs. I made myself a Jeff guitar. I know it's exactly right, and I got a Marshall DSL. What am I missing? And I said, the hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can tell. I mean, you can tell he's he's using his fingers in the first place, which is not a pick. So anybody that plays with a pick is never going to get that tone. Yes. And also, he's playing pretty close to the bridge with his fingers. And so most people that want to play vibrato bar, it's impossible to play a normal vibrato bar and keep your hand way back there because this vibrato bar is what about an inch long <laughs> or something. I don't know what he's doing with that bar, but, but he's able to use the bar and still keep his fingers way back there by the treble pickup on the strings. And that's a tone. I mean, it's yeah. the guitar sounds the best when you play with your fingers yeah. way back there. It sounds amazing. And yeah, he well, does, a lot he does, of he's amazing at it. A lot of times he'll he'll get vibrato by putting his his palm on the bridge. Aha. Uh -huh. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it it proves that it's in your fingers too. You know, Absolutely. Not just the gear. Yeah. The only time I ever sound him heard him not sound great was we had this god, it was just a wonderful time. It was very stressful, but it, overall it was wonderful. Uh Miles Copeland bought a castle in the south of France like you do when you manage <laughs> thing. Right? Right. <laughs> and and every year he would have two weeks of songwriting and he would have a pop week and a world beat week. And Jeff and I went there for the world beat week. And it it's a really great idea. Three people would be assigned together every morning, people you never met before. You had to write a song that day and then you had to record it that night. And the next day, wow, whole new set of people. Cool. Really, really intense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you record that night, and there's no overdubs or anything. It's, it is what it is. 
and the next day we'd all have dinner and they'd be playing the the tracks and you'd hear your track come up and it's like Oh, <laughs> 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 but I will say one night they they mm. put him through a pod, like the ones that look like an app. Yeah, sure. Or pods. Sure, sure. It did not. It's the only time he didn't sound like him. It was yeah. poopy. Wow. Yeah, it's, well, it's pretty hard to sound good for one of those things. No I mean, kidding. I, I used to have one of those myself. I actually have a a, a Korg Pandora. Uh-huh. And, uh it doesn't sound bad. It's like it's a pretty decent. That's what I write with and what I practice with. And I even sometimes even record with it because it really sounds good. And I've tried the Axe Effects and all these amp modelers, and I don't really like them too much. Me but either. for some reason, this little handheld Pandora has some sounds that really seem to sound good to me, and I like it. So uh, huh. I've, I've done some things with it, but it's mainly just for writing and so i don't burn out the tubes on my amp when i'm practicing at right. home you know just the just the tubes are expensive you've so. got some really experimental sounds you've been working with lately yes yeah i'm always pe- just buying pedals and wasting my money <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you know <laughs> the open wallet thing you know what i i gotta send you a link there is um i'll look it up while we're talking uh, Vicky Genfin, who is doing the guitar symposium with me, um, she did a little video where she's got this bridge that Khaki King and somebody else came up with that makes the guitar sound like a koto. Cool. It, it's really wild. It's a, it's a really kind of big bridge. You need an mm-hmm. extra guitar that's going to accommodate that. But you can push down on the strings like a sitar and do bending that way. Very cool. Side the bridge. Yeah. I thought of you that you might have fun with that. Did have you heard the pedal that makes your guitar sound like a Japanese lady singing? Yes. Not <laughs> cheap. What is that? You know what? I thought about getting that, but the thing is, it's so easily identifiable that when someone would just say, "Oh, Henderson bought that chord pedal," <laughs> you you could get away with it. I think you do something really interesting. It's a great pedal. I mean, who would ever think of something like that? It's so <laughs> funny. I just love What's it. it. Do you know what it's called? The Miyoko, Miko, I think. Yeah, something like that. What is it? I, I want to say Miyoko, but maybe that's the brand of yogurt. Yeah, I thought it was Miku <laughs> or something. Miku. I don't know what it is, but it's just what an idea. You know, I to love make it. Guitar sound like, I love like, it. Like, what's that lady that sings all those pop tunes? Who is it? Wing? Yes. <laughs> Makes you sound like Wing. <laughs> <laughs> And you know everybody wants to sound like Wing, <laughs> right? Jen, what's the what's the latest album? When did the latest album come out? When was your last album? Uh, the last thing I did was uh, a vocal pop project uh, with a, a really wonderful singer named Mark Sher and uh, Jim Peterick from the band Survivor wrote most of the songs. It, it sounds really 80, 80s because a lot of the songs were written back then. Yep. And, um, you know, it, nobody's paying for music anymore. Right. So I kind of thought when I first heard it, like, why are you even doing this? <laughs> but they, they flew me to Chicago to play on some records, uh, to play on some tunes. And then they flew me again months later and then mark called me up and said you know your guitar is like another voice on the record so we want you to be a bigger part of it so now 
it's the easiest record I ever did because I didn't know I was making it. <laughs> you know? uh, so, yeah. so now it's it says share batten. It's called Battle Zone. Okay. So of the songs that you sent me, which one are which ones are the newest ones? That that are the are they off of a brand new album or? Uh, no, I, I haven't recorded anything in a while, and it's. You know, I kind of. I'm very frustrated with with the whole music industry. I'm the first musician to ever say that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, the last uh, record, I I put ten grand of my own money, and I recorded everything at home. But it's just the mix and mastering is very expensive, mm-hmm. and it's it's just like when people steal it, I, I just think, well, why why bother putting that kind of money out? I might as well just put five bucks in every fan's pocket. So mm-hmm. I have a bad attitude. But hey, Jen, let, let me let me tell you something. And just as a buddy, because I'm your I'm your pal. Okay. <laughs> let's have a conversation about that on the phone. Okay. Because I have some things that, that might change your mind about that. Okay. You know, I mean, I might be able to give you a more positive attitude about it because you should be recording because you're a great musician. So you know, Thank um, you. I have got some things some some things that have been working for me. So okay. You know, uh, let's let's talk about it sometime. Scott's got a cult. You know? He's got a cult. Yeah, I'm in a cult. And he- <laughs> it's like you worship Satan. And all I really have to do is just poke these big holes in my balls and drain them, for, drain the blood out of them, <laughs> and people start buying my records. It's like <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's simple shit. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's part of me that. I have moments of inspiration. I think, yeah, I'd really like to do this. And mm. then I don't. I, I do a bunch of sessions and stuff. In fact, I got 16 songs in the queue right now. But yeah, I, I definitely would love to be have my mind changed. Are you, uh, are you I, teaching? I don't know if it'll change your mind, but I've been, you know, I've been putting my own records out now, you know, and, and it's just so much better than being on a label. I can't even tell you. Um, do you mix them yourself? With a with an engineer, um, okay. I, I I don't trust myself with bass and drums. Yeah, you know because I'm not an expert on drums. I I can't really mix drums. You know what I mean? Like I I think I could EQ drums pretty well, but I can't mix them. I okay. don't know. I'm not sure if the hi hat is the right volume compared to the snare. And the engineer that I use is a drummer. So oh, okay. he really knows all that shit. He knows all right. about compression and stuff. And I do all the guitar stuff myself because, of course, that's that's easy for me. But the bass and drums, I need a real guy, to right. a real engineer to help me with that. But that being said, you know, uh, it's so easy because when he comes over, all the guitar mixes and layers and stuff are already done. So yeah. really, for him, those are in a group. So all he has to do is one fader for the guitar, and it's working okay. about twenty guitars at a time. But all it's on one fader. So okay. really, it's for him. It's just like mixing a trio out. It's super easy. Right. He just needs to get the right relationship between the guitar mix and the bass and drums. And it's it, it, compared to the other shit that he mixes, which has keyboards and horns and vocals. My albums are a breeze. For yeah, him. but huh? You know, so you know, it's like yeah. Jen. Well, anyway, you know I, I'm gonna. Uh, Sorry. Going to start no, Patreon page, uh, probably next month. So maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's hope. Well, we just talked to Jonathan Kreisberg's a great jazz guitar player from New York, and he's doing a Patreon page. I can't remember 
what it was for. Do you, Troy or Bruce, you remember what he was doing? No, he was going to send us some stuff. So, but I, we'll probably post it with the next episode of his. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm but, not sure what the project was, but I know he was. It was Patreon. That's all I know. Yeah, that's all I remember. Are you but, teaching, Jen? Uh not you know, so much. I, I have done some some Zoom stuff. But with, with travel, I, I don't tend to keep people long term because, you know, we'll, we'll be in a groove week after week and then I'm gone for two months. Mm. That's just how it is. Um, and I started teaching locally one, one day a week until COVID hit. And so I, I have a bunch of technophobes that don't want to get on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I, I, I don't love teaching one on one unless it's a certain personality like they're really hungry and they're really getting a lot out of it then it really feeds me and i i go back and forth forever with that um but i i prefer to do clinics and workshops and like the symposium that i have coming up it's um yeah end of sentence yeah mm-hmm. yeah i get that where are you how to where are you in the world right now i don't even know <laughs> uh outside of portland oregon oh wow oh, really I thought you were in just uh, like two hours north of L.A. No, man, I bailed. I took a 19-hour drive to get the fuck away from L.A. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Did you live like outside L.A. for a while? or, or I, I lived in, uh, um, God, I can't even think now, Newhall, uh, south of Magic Mountain. Oh, okay. Okay, but that's Last technically still really L.A. I mean, you're right there. Um so then, you, so how? When did you move to um, Oregon? Sixteen years ago. That long? I had yeah. No now idea. the now the troopers are shooting tear gas at our mayor. Yeah, oh, right. Oh God, you're right in the middle of that shit. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a bit outside. You know what? Oh, I God. I just had enough of L.A. after twenty years, and yeah. I just wanted to be anywhere else. And I bought books on four different cities, and Portland just sounded like the most creative vibe that it so that one and i remember you know so there's 20 million people in la there's 2 million people in portland so there's a completely different vibe people are much friendlier instead of elbowing for position kind of thing and i remember i didn't go back to la for two years and then i went back for a nam show and i had been opened up by kind of small town thing where you never pay for parking and everybody's a buddy. And I remember taking my rental car back and talking to the guy behind the counter and making small talk and ha ha zero. It was like zero vibe coming back. Like, don't talk to me. And I just thought, thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, Realize that, I mean, it took me a hell of a long time to realize that all I needed was an airport. Yeah. Because most of my work was elsewhere anyway. Of course. Mm. And you don't need, I mean, there's so many guys who have figured that out. And I don't know why I haven't. Because I bought a house in L.A. and I love my little house. And my daughter's 16 and she loves Disneyland. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, you I'm going to be where Disneyland is. So I'm, I'm here forever. You know, but, Nothing wrong but, with that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, totally so many people I know who, who are making records and touring, you don't have to live in a big city. You live anywhere you want. As long as you have an agent and you're putting out records, you can, you're 
if you got an airport, you're good to go. You're just going to go play on the road. Yeah. Well, now with COVID, yeah. Now with COVID, you know, I mean, all the beautiful things that a city like LA or New York have to offer you, you know, great music happening all the time and, and lots of people to interact with and, and do things with restaurants, those, those kinds of things that, you know, big cities have. Well, you we don't have that right now. You know, I mean, right now, especially, it's really difficult for my friends in New York in particular, or LA, not as bad because the weather's a little better most of the time. And, you know, uh, and there's more space between people than there is in New York. But I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's making my living out in the country, like, seem like, well, wow, that was a smart move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. of course, I didn't know. I just went for it because it felt right. And, of course, none of us are getting on an airplane anytime soon, I don't think, really. Mm-mm. And I heard 500 Delta employees had COVID. Yeah. What? I've heard that, oh. too. Yeah. Wow. And also, you know, when you think about it, you know, airlines are lying their asses off when they say, oh, yeah, our flights are safe. They're putting, they're, they're just getting rid of the middle seat. You're still just one foot away from the person you're sitting next to. And then you've got people in the row sitting right behind you, breathing down your neck. I mean, you're not safe on a flight any more no. than you would be in a crowded bar. No. I mean, maybe you're wearing a mask, but I mean, still, you're still really close to people on a flight. And, um, you know, Je- Jennifer, I play mostly in, in in Europe or Asia or South America, I never play in the states except to go to New York every once in a while. Okay, and and, and uh, so if I'm going to work, it involves taking a long flight. I can't do a long flight in a mask. I can't. Yeah, like I'm suffocating. I you know I'm I'm I can do it in a market for an hour or two. But, right. Yeah. But I can't do it. On a what a, what about a Batman mask? Well, yeah. Did you do it in Batman <laughs> mask? You of could be Batman on a plane, dude. I'll do it. <laughs> Do the next show in a Batman mask. Yeah, there you go. But, I mean, did, I, you hear, you know, yeah. did you hear? I, there's a famous story about Vinnie Caliuta that um, he was really late for a session, and it was an orchestra session, and all these people were being paid, and you know the guy that's the head of it is just like, oh my god, that Vinnie's not here. He shows up an hour late. He'd been up all night. He shows up in a Batman costume, sits at the drums, doesn't say a word, and just plays it down. Speaking of drummers, when I saw you play at the amphitheater with Jeff Beck, was your drummer wearing a dress? Oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, Jeff wasn't real thrilled about it, but he wasn't going to step in his space. Yeah, he he was a different kind of a guy. He was wearing a dress. And he would wear wool on a 112-temperature day. <laughs> and he would wear, he'd wear this wool hat, and as he played, it would slip further and further <laughs> down. <laughs> I mean, I really, I kind of thought I was seeing things. Because this guy came, because it wasn't like a daishiki or something African. It was a a woman's gown, like an evening gown. Yeah, And I know this is this big muscular drummer, and he is wearing an evening gown to play with Jeff Beck at the amphitheater. I was like, with military boots. (laughs) Wow. 
You know what? I have nothing against it. Me and my daughter watch RuPaul's Drag Race every, <laughs> every Friday. It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> so I don't have anything against it. I've often considered being a drag queen. I think I would be quite beautiful. You'd be gorgeous, Scott. <laughs> don't don't let anyone tell you different. Jen, Damn right. Jen um, a gig that stands out throughout your career where you were just like, you had that moment like, oh, my God, I was that. I was that little girl that practiced in that room all those years and now I'm living the biggest dream. Is there, is there a moment or one moment that stands out? There's, there's two. One is playing the Super Bowl with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. And wow. just because it was such a big deal and yeah. so different from our normal shows and a billion and a half people wow. watched it. Wow. Like, 80 nations. Was that, was that black or white? Was that, was that, we, was that then? Oh, uh, we played a medley of a lot of different right. things. Yeah. Yeah. And who, who was the play? Who played in the game? Who was that? Do you I remember? Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the game. I'll tell you, Scott. It, it was a bunch of sweaty men. <laughs> a bunch of sweaty men throwing a fucking football. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, that's a huge one. That do you, do you catch yourself at a moment like almost tapping yourself on the shoulder, like Jen? Look where the fuck you are right now. Look what you're doing. How cool! Time to time, yeah. But I, I think for most people, you, you're always looking forward. Like, right. what's next? What's yeah. next? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. The other gig was there was this magical Jeff Beck gig that it was kind of like that where man i am in heaven right now it was in italy and it was on the beach and it was just one of those magical nights he was in a shit mood for some reason and and when he was in a shit mood he he wouldn't get dressed you know he'd just (laughs) wear whatever he'd been wearing all day and just was what it was i couldn't understand what was going on with him i mean who knows moods come and go but for me, it just felt like uh, during the day I ran out in the water and was having a good old time. And then to have the gig right there on the beach with, you know, open air, everything oh, yeah. in Italy was, I mean, you, oh, you've been to Italy a million times. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. Very beautiful. Those outdoor stages, some of them are so beautiful. Yeah, You're out in like the woods next to a castle and you're playing with yeah. all these beautiful lights that are lighting up the trees and the castle, and you're in at this outdoor stage, and it's it's amazing. I mean, the sound can be incredible in some of those venues. It's beautiful sometimes. It was very it really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember one time playing uh, at the Rio dos Ostros Jazz Festival, and it's it's like about a hundred miles from Rio in Brazil, mm. and it's right off a peninsula that jets out into the water and somehow they fit like, you know, 5,000 people out onto this peninsula Mm -hmm. and the stage is, is all lit up and you've got an ocean view and you're playing and it's just like, you just go, what the hell, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of gigs are just incredible, man. You never forget. That's what keeps you coming back on planes and dealing with like, yeah. Oh, the All the hell times. it takes to get there. Now, now, Jen, I gotta, I gotta ask you this: Do you have a nightmare moment where it's just like everything went to shit in on a, in a, on stage? And of course, did, does one stand out? Oh, I, you know, it's so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair call. That's fair. I well, get it. okay, here's one. Um, 
on the, Michael Jackson's uh, history tour, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, okay. Normally, they would work the shit out of my hair. It'd take two and a half hours to get it happening. On the history tour, I had a wig that was attached to this nasty S&M leather mask that went across my forehead, under my chin, across my nose. Wow. <laughs> At that point, I go, I just had to tell myself, you know, this this is not just music. This is theater. Hmm. I am playing a theater person, <laughs> actor, I guess. That was right. yep. um, anyway, for Beat It, I, I had this fiber optic. I mean, in every tour I did, but the, it would morph into different things. But I'd had this fiber optic headpiece that had fibers that would go oh god maybe a hundred feet across the stage to a computer where they would change wow. colors as i walked across the stage damn <laughs> and at the end of the song um it was kind of this chaos thing where everybody was running around in circles and you know big drum thing and i was running and somebody stepped on my cable and i was like <laughs> <laughs> oh god i got whiplash i was so pissed off oh, man. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one. Jeez. The things they don't prep you for in music school. Yeah. Right. I'm oh, no kidding. Man. But yeah, okay, here, here's another one. Um, we played with Steve Stevens at Madison Square Garden. We did three nights. And the first night, th there was no rehearsal. It's We did Dirty Diana, and we were trading fours at the end. And for one thing, I was supposed to chase Michael to the back of the stage. There was a ramp behind the drums. And when you're running with guitar, number one, it's hard to play. And, <laughs> and you know, the speakers are so directional. I, I didn't have in-ear monitors, and I couldn't hear what the hell I was playing. And so I complained about it. And the second night, my tech put a spare cab that faced on, on the ramp that I was running on. That was good for about four notes. <laughs> and, and every night I felt like Steve was so much louder than me. I kept turning up and up and up. The last night I, I ran across the back and then Steven and I were supposed to trade. I think he did four, I did four, he did four, and then my amp blew up and it was silent. <laughs> and, and then... And then Michael was hip to, you know, something's wrong. And he looked back and just ended the song pretty quickly. But it's like, sorry, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing worse than when you're, you're playing and all of a sudden you have no sound. Oh, you're yeah. You're looking back at your amp and you're just going, I am so helpless right now. There's nothing I can do to fix this. Yeah. You, know, you can get lucky maybe and wiggle it plug somewhere <laughs> but if you've got like a lot of them <laughs> then they, what are you gonna it. do wiggle okay. like 30 or 40 plugs until your sound right. comes back <laughs> okay i got one for you nightmare playing with david williams he, he was just an awesome tone he, he's the tone you hear on billy jean and a lot of the michael uh -huh. hits and madonna mm -hmm. and um <laughs> he would do this thing if he made a mistake he would look back at his amp like it was his amp's fault, <laughs> right? And one night I was doing a clinic, and I used to torture myself at clinics. I would either come out and start with Flight of the Bumblebee or Giant Steps, and that was just the thing. And I remember I came out this one time, and the, the backstage, it was in Germany in the wintertime, backstage was fucking freezing, 
And all of a sudden, I come out to this room that's roasting, and you know, the, the temperature change is a shock. And I started with giant steps, and it was pitch black, and there was a photographer doing flashes. <laughs> I mean, just incessant flashes, and I could, I was thinking, I'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose it, and I fucking lost it. And then I remember David, I look back at the amp, and I go, <laughs> what did you do wrong, amp? <laughs> <laughs> That's when you pull out the plug and go, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> let's just go to the next track. <laughs> so, Jennifer, when you're using those blue amps, I didn't. I don't know if you answered my question or not. Are you using his cabinet? or, yes. or you, So you take that with you, too? Well, not when I fly. I, I have to have a cab provided when I fly. And how do you, what cab do you get when you, they provide one? Uh, it's, Man, I, you know, I, for five years I, I did a, a thing in Poland. It, it's I, I very rarely fly over and do a tour that's the same people, same gear. It's uh-huh. chunks of time in different countries, and it's whatever they have a lot of times. Right. I'll tell you, this blue box, I take it with me all the time, and I do a, a solo multimedia show sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when there's not enough money to book the band, I can – they can throw me on a plane and uh, I saw you do one at MI. It was awesome. Oh, well, thank it was you. Really good. Well, uh, there's been like three times in the last trip I took. Oh, you need a speaker? We don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled out the blue box and it just saved me. Mm-hmm. And Otherwise, then where do you hear the sound coming from? The monitors? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And then it, you're, if luck, if you're lucky, the monitors are good monitors and the and you know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, of course. I mean, you get what you get, but yeah. the the blue box is is the best guitar has sounded to me through a monitor. Good, yeah. Because usually, I mean, if they got horns and stuff, you get those highs and it just yeah, crashes. nasty. It can yeah. be nasty. I usually use a little bit, a tiny little bit of a monitor, you know, because sometimes the sound man yells at me for being too loud on stage. So yeah. if I put just enough in the monitor, I can turn the amp down just a little bit. Lately, what I've been doing is angling the cabinet off to the right. Yes. And, and then that way it doesn't, like, you know how Marshall cabinets are very directional. That yeah. way the cabinet doesn't hit the sound guy in the face. Yeah. And that way he can mix the band better if, he, if yes. my cabinet's not pointed right at his head. So then when I do that, I don't need the monitor as much, you know, so that helps. You know what? Jeff started doing... When I joined him, it was really interesting. He would take a slave off the off the marshal, and he he's got uh, you know monitors for the band coming at him, plus side fills, and then he would have like duplicate Celestians facing him, like so a four twelve. Uh, I want to say one, maybe two, one by twelve. Oh, I, I see. Right, him. right, right, right. Yeah, so he was surrounded with that yeah. gorgeous tone. Yeah. That's- Great, you don't have to use horns because horns are the enemy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like so, so many times I would just put towels over the horns. If they don't, you know, if I didn't like the sound, you just grab some towels from the dressing room and cover the horns up. You don't hear them. Uh, and, I never and, thought about that. It sounds so much for, better. Yeah. <laughs> you get rid of those horns, it starts to sound like a guitar. Right. Because you know, those are just evil. They just, the, you know, oh. it's that horrible, like, it's not... I don't know what it is. It's not real treble. It's some 
something between treble and mid-range, and it's just nasty sounding. Just horrible. I, I think I, I've lost frequencies from, from that. My, my ear, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think I, I would say <laughs> play, playing three years with Jeff, there, there are frequencies I'll never hear again. It, it was a loud band. Wow. Uh-huh. Super uh-huh. loud. And now I, I can't even play with a band without having um, I, the Sensophonics 3D ambient in-ears. Mm-hmm. And those are inner monitors that have mics in each ear, and they go to a box, and you can dial in how much uh, volume from the mics you want to have. Mm. I mean, it was designed so you could blend the outside sound with direct mm. in-ear monitors. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of bands, like if I'm sitting in, you know, they're not going to dial in a, a mix for the band. So I'll listen only with the mics, and I listen at a third of the volume everybody else is hearing. Because mm-hmm. it, it just hurts now. My ears are damaged. Wow. How is, how is Jeff's ears? Is he bad? Or? You know, he, he had a bad bout of tinnitus, as they say, on the other side of the Atlantic. Right. Uh, I mean, really, really bad. And he sought out therapy after therapy after therapy and when i joined him he was in the therapy that worked which they they put there's in-ear things that they put in the ear and the idea is that it tricks your brain into believing that the tone isn't there it, it kind of like phase cancels it's like it canceling yeah 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 so it's basically it's a ringing in your ears that you can't get rid of yeah right? he had a tone that was driving him up a wall oh that would be the people worst. yeah people that's heavy shit to deal with that yeah. depression suicide i mean all yeah. of that can come from that tinnitus i'm lucky i didn't get it because tribal tech was the loudest fucking band i've ever played in really it was horrible horrible I, huh. I don't know how I I don't know how I put up with it. I really don't. I don't know how I put up with it. Well, it was a badass band. That's how you put up. With it was it. a cool <laughs> band, but I but it was really 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 loud. Just yeah. loud for for no reason. You know. Uh, I, yeah. I just I, there's just no reason to play that loud in most of the venues that, that that we played in. There was no reason to play that loud. Yeah. So I I you know and I'm over that period of of I get pissed off when. I have to play louder than I want to because it makes me feel like I'm out of control. It makes me nervous. It makes me hypertensive. I just yeah. get, eh. and you know what place makes me feel that the most? What? The fucking baked potato. Oh God. That's like, that is my least favorite uh, uh, <laughs> environment. And not because it does. I mean, it, it probably sounds great in the audience. I, I don't know, but I just know that on stage, when the drummer hits a snare drum, he can just drop his casually drop the stick on the snare drum. It sounds like a gun went off. Oh God! And I'm yeah. just like, uh, it's hard. That's wow. hard. Like we come back from a whole tour and play at the Baked Potato, and it's always the loudest gig of the whole tour. Wow. Oh, poopy! Because because you know <laughs> we we're, we we are able on most stages to. to to get away from each other to you know like uh, i'm usually i'm usually a good i don't know three four feet away from the drums and if i need a little hi-hat put it in my monitor no no yeah. big deal and if he's too loud uh, still to me i can move a little further away from him no big deal but at the baked potato his symbol is right uh, <laughs> right here yeah <laughs> you know what insane. that that reminds me you were talking about the amphitheater gig that we did and that that stage was very rounded and we did sound check. Everything was cool. I, I was 
nervous, and I think he probably was too, because it's like six thousand guitar players there to watch you, right? <laughs> and I saw him come on stage, and he went to his amp and went bank without even knowing what volume it was. It's just that I think that's how he got over the nerves. Was just like I'm just gonna crank this shit. I could not get away from the volume, and it was crushing my skull. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, if it, I, I will say that Jeff's Jeff's tone is so hi-fi, you could almost take any volume. Yeah. But that night, oh my God, it was like note one. I go, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I just, Damn. I'm in it. Yeah, my hairs and my ears were just going. You can do. (laughs) I remember a gig we played one time in Italy, and the very we start with a really soft tune every night, just because we don't want to start with a loud tune. We want to kind of work our way in, start soft, and just kind of ease ourselves into it. Right. And from the first note I played, the bass player looked at me, and his eyes got so big. I was destroying him with my notes. <laughs> and to me, I wasn't loud at all. Like to me, I was right. playing pretty quiet, but just because of the juxtaposition of the PA system and the fact that he was in some kind of a weird corner, the, my guitar right. was getting to him in a way that it wasn't getting to anybody else. Right. I slayed him all. <laughs> I felt so bad. And he kept saying, is there any way you can turn down? And I said, this is the best I can do because I can't really hear much of what I'm playing, but it was just <laughs> torture for that poor guy all night long. You know what? <laughs> and I, I did that to people when I got my first Marshall and I was playing on small stages and I didn't realize how it was destroying other people because it was just hitting me in the butt. And I looked over one night and the bass player had rolled himself up in the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> all right (laughs) we played this gig in italy one time at the smallest tiniest little venue one of those places where the stage is only about maybe five feet deep and then the first chair is right at the edge of the stage you're at the edge of the stage and the person is sitting right at your feet and so i'm seeing the people file into the gig and i'm playing a 412 marshall oh boy and Little old lady about oh. 90 years old <laughs> sat right in front of my Marshall cabinet. And I played that gig. And every time I hit a loud note or a loud note, I would watch her face just distort, go into this horrible, squeamish, like contortion. Well, that's really inspiring. It was just. It was just Killing her. Killing old ladies. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, oh, my God, this poor lady's going to have a heart attack, and she's going to die on this gig, and it's going to be my fault. Oh, man. I felt so bad. But what can you do? Yeah, you're in stuck. Front of your cabinet, I mean, come on. Jesus. Hey, I, I have to break in yes. and say that um, uh, you, you said you wanted this thing to be as unprofessional as possible, and <laughs> you did a good job with the sounds that happened in the middle. Um, I have this thing where my friend comes over and we watch, we worship Stephen Colbert. Oh, you gotta oh, yeah. go watch. You yes, gotta yes. watch your your future ex husband. You, you said yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I have ants and I have to let them out. So. <laughs> 
Jen, I was just about to say, um, where do where do we all find you? Do we just is it jenniferbatten.com? Where do we go? Yes. That's it. That's it. I That's just it. tried to friend you on Facebook. So, you know, if you want to feel in a generous mood, you might want to let me be your friend. <laughs> you did that today? Uh, yeah, while we were talking. Okay, yeah. Um, but you can go ahead and discard that you know, <laughs> Jen I'm going to ask for some tunes from you so we can put some in the show whatever you want and I can't thank you enough it was such a pleasure to finally talk with you and yeah, this you're, awesome. you're awesome I love you I think you're oh, one of the so best I, I, I great time guys thank you thank love you Jen girl. <laughs> awesome thank stuff thank you so much and Jen will be in touch and yeah Jen, man let's, let's do a I've got these tunes that you sent me. Is it okay to oh, play sure. those on the podcast? Yeah, especially Inner Journey. I'm very proud yeah, of that. Yeah, that's a masterpiece. <laughs> that is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? When I made those, um, I, I I drank a couple beers to try to get enough gas to belch on them. I had like this three thousand dollar mic. I was belching on. Was, yeah. So you, you get there you go. I love it. I love make it. Those sounds get a good mic. I, I think you need to call Mix Magazine and give them the download about it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with the <a> lady. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Thanks, Jen, thanks. thanks. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye guys. What what a cool what a cool lady. She's badass.
All right, you know how this works. It's the internet. Everybody cares what you think. Everybody needs to know what you think. So leave us a review, especially a positive one. And uh, we really appreciate it because we do this for you. Please do this for us. Hello, my friends. Do you have an exciting product or project and want to introduce it to a community of guitar rankers? A guitar, a pedal, amp, accessory, or new recording, perhaps? Well, how about putting your money where their ears are? We are now accepting sponsors who want to do just that. Reach out to us so we can help you reach out to them. Inquiring wankers want to know.